0: Bible Treasures Topic 10 Spiritual Gifts Welcome to the Sound Doctrine Telecast. Praise God for all the corrective teaching we receive through this series of talks. Our subject of study during the last four weeks has been Spiritual Gifts. And the topic that we are considering is How Not to Operate Gifts. So far, we have done four lessons. Lesson number one, do not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Number two, do not over-differentiate between gifts and talents. Lesson number three, do not be waiting to be pushed. Last week, we studied lesson number four. Do not violate Biblical principles. Today we will move on to study lesson number 5. How not to operate gifts. Do not exceed your measure. Once again, how not to operate gifts. Do not exceed your measure. We are often told, and rightly, that we should not limit God's power. At the same time, we should not forget our own limits. Turn with us to the book of Romans, 12th chapter. From verses 4 to 8, the apostle is dealing with spiritual gifts. And interestingly, we'll read the third words, which will serve as an introduction for his gift's explanation. I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. This exhortation is so important that the apostle says, this must be taken heed of by everyone among you. And it was on this principle the apostles were operating in their ministries. Turn with us for an example in Second Corinthians 10th chapter. We'll read verses 13 and 14. We will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God has appointed us, a sphere which includes you. And we are not extending ourselves beyond our sphere, thus not reaching you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. Not boasting of things beyond measure. You know how clearly they say, they say we never move out of the sphere, but we always keep ourselves within the limits and within the sphere that God has assigned to us. Beloved, we want to tell you every gift that we receive from God is a treasure from God. Even though it is a treasure from God, the container that is ourselves is only an earthen vessel. Second Corinthians 4th chapter. Look at the 7th verse. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are only clay pots, but that which God gives us a gift to be contained in that, that is heavenly treasure. So divine enablements do not remove human limitations. Then there may come a question. Does not God give us his spirit without measure? God does not give the spirit without measure to us. He has given the Spirit without measure only to His only begotten Son. Turn with us to the book of John, 3rd chapter. These are the words of John the Baptist. And we read in the 34th verse. He whom God has sent speaks the (laughs) words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure to him. That's why we read elsewhere in the scriptures that in Christ the fullness of Godhead dwells. As far as we are concerned, the explanation is given in the 31st verse. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speak of the earth. Here John the Baptist was contrasting himself with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Jesus is from above. He says, John the Baptist himself was from below. And he says that to him, that is to the one who has come from heaven, from above, the Father has given him the spirit without measure. Yes, beloved, the spirit without measure is exclusively for the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with us to read about that in book of Hebrews, first chapter. We'll read verses 8 and 9 to you. To the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with oil of gladness more than your companions. God sent so many prophets. God raised so many priests and kings. They all could be compared to the companions of Jesus. But here the Bible says, God anointed Jesus with oil of gladness more than above his companions. Immediately you may have another question. What is the meaning then of doing greater works than Jesus? Turn with us to that passage and we'll try to understand the meaning. 14th chapter of John's Gospel and the 12th verse. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than he these he will do because I go to my Father. So what is the meaning of these greater works than Jesus? What is the reason that Jesus gives for such a supposition? Because I go to my Father. Why did he go to the Father? He said, if I don't go, the Holy Spirit will not come. Because I go to the Father, I will ask the Father and he will send you the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit comes into you and you begin to abide in me, Turn with us to the next chapter. He explains what those greater works are. Look at the fifth words. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruits. So what he Jesus meant was that much fruits. The same thing he repeats in the eighth verse. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. What is that much fruit that Jesus had in mind? Verses 26 and 27 of the same chapter, and understand it. When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. In other words, by greater words, Jesus simply meant the Holy Spirit is going to indwell you, you are going to witness for me through the power of the Spirit, and you will bring forth more fruit. Yes, beloved, here is a classic example of how we must interpret difficult passages only in its context. And about this not exceeding measure, let us look at some practical examples to understand it better. Take for example, this example of prophesying. Do we have prophets today? We do not have prophets in the specialized sense like the prophets of old who wrote the scriptures for us. Because we know the Holy Scripture was written by the Holy Spirit through men of God who were the prophets. In that specialized sense, we don't have prophets of that caliber. But we have prophets in general sense as we read in book of Acts 2nd chapter and 17th verse. 17th words, it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. This is prophesying in the general sense, not like the prophets of old who wrote the scriptures. Today when somebody is prompted and he is moved by the spirit of prophecy, instead of beginning whatever he was going to say, thus says the Lord, he can say, I think this is what God wants us to do now. Now that's what Apostle Paul meant in Romans when he was talking about the gift of prophesying. Turn with us to Romans 12 chapter and the 6th words. Look at the last line. Let us prophecy in proportion to our faith. In other words, according to the proportion and the measure of faith that God has instilled upon him, he must prophesy. We want to present a classic example. Once, Apostle Paul was caught up in the company of five prophets. One was Agabus, he was a senior prophet. And the other four were the daughters of Evangelist Philip, who were prophetesses. And what happened? They all were prophesying that Apostle Paul should not go to Jerusalem. Now they were even going to the extent of crying and weeping and praying before him. This is what's going to happen if you go to Jerusalem, so don't go. Uh, But Paul did not listen to it. Why are you just weeping and breaking my heart? Why did he say that? He knew that what those prophets told was only an information. Turn with us to Acts of the Apostles 21st chapter and you can understand that passage better. He says this is only an information. And he does not want to take it as an instruction. Now, how do we say that Paul what he thought was right? Turn with us to 23rd chapter of Acts of the Apostles. And look at the 11th verse. The following night the Lord stood by Paul and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness for me in Rome. In other words, Jesus endorsed his visit to Jerusalem. Yes, beloved, most of the prophecy is only information. Don't take it as a strict instruction and get confused. You know, Paul was a prophet. Uh He was one of the prophets and teachers in the church in Antioch. Paul and Silas were moving around, you know, they were called prophets. But when Paul was writing certain things, you know, he, he was very humble enough to say that he must move only in proportion to the faith that God had granted him. Turn with us to First Corinthians 7th chapter, the 10th verse. To the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. And when you come to the 12th verse, but to the rest I, am not the Lord. When you come to the end of the chapter, even verse 40, she is happier if she remains as she is according to my judgment, my opinion, and I think I also have the Spirit of God. He says, not I, but Lord. Next he says, I and not the Lord. And then he says, it's only my opinion, but I think I have the spirit of the Lord. In other words, he was moving only or operating only within this limited sphere of the faith that God had granted him. The example of working of miracles, especially working of miracles over the forces of nature, a very unusual miracle in Joshua 10th chapter on that day Joshua spoke to the sun and the moon he said sun stand still moon stand still and they obeyed him shall we try to do that today we are not supposed to do it you know why we say that There is a verse in the same chapter, book of Joshua, 10th chapter, if you look at the 14th verse, there has been no day like that, before it or after it, that the Lord heeded the voice of a man. So beloved, these are all unusual things and we cannot try to just uh, attempt to do that. Even take the prophet Elijah. He said, now rain will not come and after three and a half years, only when I speak, rains will start pouring. Now we can't just uh, try to stand before a public and say, rain, stop. rains, pour down. This is all unnecessary. Because when that example is brought to us in the New Testament, what is stressed only is the power of prayer. Turn with us to the book of James and look at the fifth chapter. Eh? We read in the 16th word that the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Then we give the example of Elijah. What is the context? When you are sick, you pray for one another, you confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, and your fervent prayer will be answered by God. So, the Old Testament example is brought to us to clearly teach us that fervency in prayer will bring us wonderful results when we operate on the principles of God. I want to make another observation. When you confine yourself to the nature and measure of your gift, only then you will be able to set your priorities right. Take, for example, the apostles. They were specially gifted for preaching the word of God with prayer. And there was a call that was coming to them about the problem in serving of tables. They did not stretch themselves beyond their gifting. Their gift was to preach the word of God. They said, we will not leave that ministry and go for serving of tables. And that was really a blessing. We know the benefits that were reaped by the early church because these apostles confined themselves to their calling. When we talk about this measure of our gifting or measure of our faith, we also want to make a reference to women's ministry. Beloved, before God, as far as the standing is concerned, there is no difference between a man or a woman. We are all equal before God but when you read the gifts of the spirit first Corinthians 12 chapter 13 chapter and 14 chapter when paul refers to women he puts certain restrictions for the operation of the gifts by women he says they must be submissive in other words they can operate the gifts of the spirit but they never should begin to operate on an authoritative role so when we put all these things together, the lesson becomes very clear. Do not exceed your measure. All not to operate gifts. Do not exceed your measure. God bless you.